Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, well, it's because she said because you're white, right? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. I can almost promise you today will be just as disingenuous as Brandon was on the first time. <laughs> so now, y'all, I'm doing something a little different uh, this time uh, with, I had, an ins- I had an idea about a month or so ago where I would have all the dope brothers that I've had on that have been married that they would come on again with their lovely wives. And I was actually back that actually that that idea was backed by the apple of my eye where I brought it to her first. And she was like, yo, that's a good idea. So I was like, all right, she said it was cool. So let's go ahead. Just get this thing going. So if y'all don't remember the first third, the third episode, my brother's keeper, I had my boy Brandon on. Uh, We don't go by last name, so we're not going to talk about that. Uh, my, old, <laughs> my old co-worker uh, from the pits of hell years ago and uh, he came on one of my favorite episodes hilarious y'all remember the story where he was talking about where he got caught on the TV at his father's funeral eating Snickers this is him this is- <laughs> in my defense it was a really good Snickers <laughs> disingenuous as this guy is he found someone to marry him <laughs> and <laughs> uh if y'all remember he talked about ebony his uh beloved wife and who i actually know and i consider if i consider uh brandon as a brother then that means i consider ebony as a sister and you know they're really a, a dope couple and i'm not just saying this because they're on here and i'm looking at them right now but i talk to my lady about them all the time and how their marriage is something that I aspire to to have one day um, as goofy as they are at times, you know, yes, because Brandon and I, that's what made us so close is our senses of humor. Ebony is joining us today with her beloved husband, Brandon, and this is the first of a, uh, I believe, five part series because I've had five married men on. So they're the first ones that are going to be on because um, Brandon was the first person well sec well technically the second person but the first guy i had on um so i figured it'd be right only right and i hit him up asked him is if he was down and of course you know he blessed me with his presence or him and ebony blessed me with um their presence so we're gonna talk a little bit about ebony first but then we're gonna get to their marriage and they're gonna talk about what they want to talk about you know so uh first and foremost brandon welcome back thank you brother thank you my good brother thank you for having me yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, even though um, you're only two years older than what? How are you? Like three years older than me? I don't like where this is going either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I consider him to be a uh, an older brother, sort of. Uh, like thirty-four. Okay, about three years older. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. So, um, so Ebony, my dear, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm great now that you're here to keep a leash on Brandon. <laughs> the mystery is that there is no leash. I am not a people. I am just riding away. 
<laughs> All right, man. So uh, Brandon came, and I remember he talked about um, that uh, you came into his life and, you know, changed his perspectives about a lot of things. That was in the first episode he was on. But before we get to that, you know, I just want to pick your mind a little bit, you know what I mean, about who you are. Because I know Brandon, but um, I've only had a few chances to have the honor of being in the same room as you to have conversations with you. So, you know, when before you met Brandon, you know, what kind of, I guess my question to you is, is um, how was life before you met, pre-Brandon? How, how was life pre-Brandon? Um, life was good. Yeah, good. Um, we are we're equally yoked, but we are polar opposites in our lives. My life pre-branded, I will say, I didn't smile as much. I mm. do smile way more and laugh way more now. But um, my life was on track. Pre pre-branded, my life was on track. I didn't stop. 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 You we've had this conversation. My life was on track. I was very determined. I had very clear boundaries on how I did things who just all throughout my life. I was very focused, very determined. Um, I was on track, I believe to be the successful single girl. Mm. And, and, and I was at that time, I didn't have a problem with it. I dated when I wanted to date. I can I stop you for a second? What does the successful single girl mean? Because I've never heard that phrase before. Mm. So uh, <laughs> uh, we have we have friends and they know who they are and we love them dearly. But the trouble is like I think after you get out of your twenties and in your thirties, there's especially in the DC area, we have a lot of successful people, right? Successful men, successful women, but them finding each other and being able to compromise and take two separate lives to create one new life is a lot harder or people have unrealistic standards or expectations of a relationship. People think that everything's a Hallmark movie and it's not, you're not just going to find someone that just works. And the successful single girl, she has her degrees or her certificates that she chose to skip school. She's an entrepreneur or she is a, in real estate or she just is very focused. She's making her own money. Her life is secure exactly the way you would want it to be in the event that you're single. And right. the successful single girl has not merged over because she wants to be the successful married girl. But those two worlds aren't aligned. May, 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 may I give a, a better breakdown of that? He's going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I think she explained it well, but if you have a second opinion, then by all have means. You, have you seen those Hallmark movies that start yeah. off woman? No, we're alive. It starts off woman like, oh, I'm a doctor. I'm so busy. I'm writing four books and I'm 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 vacationing with my cats. I have to see that movie. That happens. And every last one of them. And they go to this small town and they meet some random veterinarian or some store clerk owner who has this secret stash of money or funds. And he's like, Hey, I want to show you how in the next hour and a half all your problems can be solved with my penis. That's exactly <laughs> That's exactly what that situation. No, 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 that's exactly. That's exactly what that situation is. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's true. Exactly. Like, 
pre-branding, I was on my way to be a successful single girl. I was going to have my career. I was going to have my home. I was going to have my vehicles, my trips, um, all of the things that you love in your 20s. But the truth is, like I knew in my 20s that I didn't want to settle down in my 20s. I wanted to wait until I was in my 30s to have children, to be married, because I wanted to enjoy my 20s. I didn't want to look back and be like, oh, I gave up this for you or I gave up this for my kids because that's not that's not the life that I wanted to live. It wasn't the life that my parents gave me the opportunity to avoid, right? So mm-hmm. um, I knew in my 20s I wanted to enjoy myself and that's very much so where I was. I met you at 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't even really get deep into my 20s before I got... Was it 24? Yeah, I met you at 24. Was 25. Nope, we celebrated my 25th birthday together. Fair enough. Yeah. Thanks for remembering. Um, <laughs> but I was well on my way to be the successful single girl. Like my life was aligned and it was going well. The only thing that wasn't working and it, it wasn't working because I didn't have opportunity. It wasn't working because I didn't care about it was relationship. I had been in and out of very successful relationships in the sense that me and the person were equally yoked, but I kept finding myself with men that wanted to settle down. And I was like, I am in my twenties. You can, that is, that is amazing for you. But I like I'm content being the part time living girlfriend. Like I'm kind of here, I'm kind of not. I know your mom. We hang out on the weekends, but don't call me for Christmas. <laughs> That's where I was. Right. And I met him, and he was tragic. <laughs> wow! I didn't. Expect- <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something like, "Yeah, I met him, and he just changed my life." Tragic was no, not. Actually, not. So I used to go through phases where. I had say yes, period. Oh, God. And he knows this story. He knows this. But I had say mm. yes because I never wanted to be the person that had a type, dated someone because they fit a parameter. Mm. And he taught me at a say yes, period. And I was just like, if somebody asks me on a date, I'll go out on it. I'll give the person a chance. It doesn't really matter so much if I'm immediately attracted to them. Like, if they have good conversation, they don't have to look. My my base standard don't right. don't do this. I didn't don't, do don't anything. Do I, I'm just saying. It's a, right. let, stop, stop. Oh, okay. Let me finish. Oh, okay. Let me finish. <laughs> it, that All wasn't right. about bringing. It was just about like it was a stay yes period. So already wasn't about me. Um, <laughs> when, when we when we no um, when we met, I'm not telling that story. But oh, when, when we met though, like um, he Tell was story. he was interested. Um. Mm-hmm. Go on. I want to hear the rest of this one. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I do too. You, you got my attention. I mean, you had my curiosity. Now you got my attention. So I want to hear the story. Uh, my best friend was the best friend of his cousin's wife. And they were having their first baby with a baby shower. And she was like, I just need help. I need support. And I was like, is there actually anything for me to do? She was like, no, I just need support that's not a pregnant lady and all these other people that I don't know. And I was like, okay, fine. So I came to the baby shower and it I had other plans, so I was dressed like I was going out with my friends, which wasn't bad. I wasn't dressed badly. It was fall, November. I had on like some skinny pants, some like some motorcycle boots, and I had on a red T-shirt. But the T-shirt happened to have had leather cap sleeves. I don't know why this is a big deal for him, but in his mind, a woman wearing leather sleeves is a whore. <laughs> I liked you because I thought you were a hoe. I, I, didn't, I didn't no, 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 no. I didn't say you hoe. said it to my no, mother no, no, and no. my grandmother. You, whoa, 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 You said to Ebony's mom that you thought she was a hoe because she had another sleep. This is all wrong. I didn't use the word a hoe. I said thought. 
Do not put words in Do not put words in my mouth. I said thought. At the time, most thought like women were wearing leather accoutrement. It was 2013. Everyone wore leather. It was fall. Mainly thoughts. Which was a lot of thoughts. Well, sure. wait, 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 hold on. I, 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 there's something that I, it, hold on to the way that story is. I don't think we'll forget it, the whole bookmark. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you had said something that I want to say before, like, or I guess piggyback off of uh, uh, before you continue the story, which I very much in, am inclined to hear the rest of it. Because um, most women I know, if you call them a hoe on the, I don't know, it had to be the end of that. But, so you made a good point where when you were talking about the single successful girl right mm-hmm. where the definition i don't have to repeat it but the definition that your definition of the single successful girl and it made me think about something and you guys can you know uh agree with me if you want or disagree but like it made me think about this conversation i recently just saw where uh they were talking about compatibility and I was listening and I in my before I met Morgan, you know, and I was telling her this, like I would meet, you know, women who would say, oh, you know, I can't seem to find somebody I'm compatible with or I might even be on the ass end of that. They'll say, oh, we're not compatible, you know, but the older I got, I just realized how stupid that was, because I remember there was a guy that me and Brandon used to work with who shall remain nameless. I don't put names out on here. Really good dude, though. Really good dude. And um, I went to his wedding and I remember the pastor said that now is the day that you become a student of one another. And he also said that the person that you're marrying right now is not going to be the person that you're married 10, 15, 20 years from now. If you're lucky enough, if you're lucky enough, you know, if you're lucky enough, like my parents, they just came up on their 40th in July of this year. Yeah, long time. Uh, you know, it makes me think about all those people I've heard say, well, we're not compatible. I'm like, well, that just makes a subliminal implication that if you think that you're not compatible with somebody, then that says kind of that you don't plan on growing because you're not going to be the same person you are. At least let's hope not. <laughs> you're not going to be the same person you are today. Neither is that other person. I don't know. I just felt the need to get that out when you were talking about Get on because what's happening, I think, in the dating world is I can only speak for women, and I can't speak for women, but women observe. Right. There's a meaning for relationships where you can't go from being the boss all the time in your private life, in your personal life, to then joining into a relationship with someone else and thinking that you're always going to play the same role. Life doesn't work that way. I am not the same person who wakes up at 6 30 in the morning. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12, every hour I'm a different person because I'm responding to what's required of me of the day. And I think people forget to add that to relationship. Right. Brandon has grown and changed over the years. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to like it. It's true. Me and him talk about it. Important that I give him the space, space Mm -hmm. to grow and to learn and to mature and sometimes to reverse and, and try it again. We've had hiccups and we've had trips and falls, but the point is that we're constantly giving each other space right? because you, you have to allow the person next to you to grow with you. That is the only way that you can grow together. 
No one is stagnant. No one is the same person. I am grateful every single day that he's a different person than the person I met. Not that there was something wrong with the person that I met, but this current incarnation of my husband is 10 times better as a listener, 10 times better as a father, a hundred times better as a provider. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things that Brandon said when in, his, in the first episode, um, when he was talking about y'all two, um, I can't recall the whole, everything he said word for word, but I, I never forget these words. He has said that a lot of people think a relationship marriage whatever any type of romantic commitment is 100 100 and he was like that nah it's not because one day it might be 200 and zero like you have to carry the weight of you and um the person you're with now if you don't mind going back to the uh thought story no, because I don't want to forget that. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell the story, Please. and you're not going to interrupt um, me because every time, every time. Go ahead. Make sure you get every point. I, I'm going to. No, I will give mine, and then you, if you want to interject later, you can. Sure do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm there, and he's sizing me up. I'm, I I did notice him when I came in. Um, you're in a new environment. I didn't know anybody, and we're, I'm just there. And he has, as I'm sure you guys know, you've heard his mouth. That is his mouth all the time. So if anything, he's actually cleaning it up for you. It is, <laughs> especially in an area where he's comfortable around his family. And he had he had, uh, lasered me with a few pop shots. And the thing is, I thought it was odd that and my husband is a is a weightlifter, so he's bigger now than he was when I met him. But even then, he wasn't a small guy. So I thought it was odd that he was sitting in, you know, those collapsible chairs, the walker chairs, like there, it's a walker, but then they can put the seat down in the middle. Yeah. For assistant, assistance. So he was in one of those. Now, yes, he's made this point before. I should have just assumed that he was just using a seat that was available. However, <laughs> there were other seats available throughout the time that he stayed in this, no, let me finish. He stayed in the walker seat. So at first I was like, okay, maybe he has an injury. But then he got up and he walked around, but then he came back to the walker seat. So I was like, oh, maybe he's disabled. Maybe he has an injury or something. He can't be on his feet for very long. He has a, like, too much weight or something like that. It wasn't a fat joke. It wasn't. I you just, thought I was too fat to stand for long periods of time. <laughs> That's what I thought this was. You thought, he was you thought he was physically disabled. I thought he was physically disabled. Because I was fat. And then given also, I used to do a lot of volunteer work with people with disabilities, whether mobile or mental the way that he continued to speak to everyone, how loud and um, aggressive his comments were, especially to people that he didn't know. I just assumed like, okay, there may be a deficit here. And in my experience working with people who have any type of disability, whether physical or mental, they don't like to be treated like they are. Right. So if you give me some staff, I'm gonna give you some staff right back. And um, <laughs> if I remember what you said correctly, that's when you realized I was smart and that I wasn't a thought. I thought that you had thought tendencies, but I thought you were intelligent. Okay, thanks. The smart so, girl. In other words, an intelligent thought. There you go. Yeah, intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> and um, his his ploy, his ploy at the end, because we went back and forth the entire evening. His mm. ploy at the end was, oh, my like my best friend's daughter, who's my niece. You know, black people terms like she's my niece. Um, right was playing along well with his daughter and they were about the same age give a year or two he's like oh well, maybe we just set up some play dates and i was i looked at my best friend she was like if you want to do it you can do it 
like, girl, I'm busy. I got kids, responsibilities. I was like, okay, fine. I was like, sure, I guess. And we exchanged numbers. We were friends because I got to know him. We, we became friends. And it turns out he was heartbroken because he was already, he was in the very last throes of your divorce from yeah, your first marriage. I was. He was heartbroken over the girlfriend that had just recently uh, removed herself from well, your life. I actually broke up with her. I, I, okay, whatever. I, I broke up with her. How, how, okay. <laughs> but he, was, he was heartbroken about it. And like, I, rem- I, was, I was his friend. I was counseling him through the heartbreak. We, we hung out. He cried a few times over the heartbreak. Yes, you did. Yes, I'm, no, I'm not saying that I didn't. I'm just oh. saying like, God damn. Well, I'm, I'm giving a story <laughs> so people understand that I was genuinely his friend. And right. it wasn't until um, much later. You trying that, to get in my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get in my panties. <laughs> you trying to get the drawers, dog. Trying to get the drawers, dog. You thought I was feeling you? I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> and, um, and it was too much later after I'd gotten to know him, and then I also secretly had a friend run a background check on him just to be sure that he genuinely was a divorced man, just to make sure that, like, you know. Ladies, run your background checks. I, I stand by that. If you can run a background check on somebody, do it. Do it. I, I did it. I did it with every single boyfriend I've ever had, and I appreciate the family connection that made it possible. But, um, <laughs> you know, the only things about Brandon that just were red flags were. One that his divorce papers had not been signed yet, but then they ended up getting signed that spring. So then we were like, okay, I can date you now. And uh, it sucked that he was a father, not because I dislike kids, I love children, but there's a lot of baggage that comes with divorce. There's a lot of pain in the kids' lives. And as someone with split parents, I knew that once you come into the kids' life, you have to be sure that you want to be there. So I needed to make sure that I really knew him. And luckily, he was very smart in the sense that he wanted to make sure that he was sure about me before I met the kids, which helped. So I didn't feel any pressure. I didn't feel rushed. Um, yeah, that wasn't my whole thought, especially being a single man with two kids at the time. Two. Not one. Two. I mean, I know I know Ooh. singles with more, but neither here nor there. I know, but man. Neither here nor there. Again, coming from the successful single girl life to all right, let's go to the playground. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like you, the the single girl, and jumping into the whole. Yeah, I guess you would call it stepmom role. Well, I, I try. I try actually. I tried not to. Very much so. I respect that. The, and I still have this theory: the kids have two parents. They are able body. They are living. They are breathing. You have two parents. I am not a parent. I am parent parental support. I am mm-hmm. an additional auntie or cousin that you want to talk to. You want to share things with. I can help you, I can guide you, but you have parents. And if it were me and if the role was reversed, I would not want my ex's girlfriend to come in and start shaking shit up. So, and and also I had great examples in my parents. Like my mom was close with my dad's girlfriend. I used to do sleepovers at her house. Like it was, I I had good examples of what co-parenting can look like in a positive way. So I, I think I knew the lay of the land. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and I was prepared for it. But it, it it took some time. Like, we didn't immediately jump into anything. We built everything off of friendship first to make sure that we got along as people. Because if I don't like you as a friend, it doesn't matter what kind of panties you have. I don't want them. Oh, you got my draws. <laughs> hey, um, no, nah, but Brandon, you was about to say, <laughs> you was about to say uh, as a single man with two kids, and then Ebony emphasized that not one, but two. 
Facts. Yes. As a single man with two kids, I I walk the tightrope personally of having my oldest be a daughter and having my youngest be a son. Number one, showing my daughter how a man is supposed to treat a woman and how she's supposed to be treated, as well as making sure my son knew how he is supposed to treat him, how he is supposed to treat a woman and how right. he's supposed to be treated. So in that same situation, I found myself it's a it's a duality there because, you know, essentially my time with them was me being as best and upstanding as I possibly could, especially in, in, in all senses of the word as a father, as 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 a hero, as a first look, whatever you want to call it. Everything that encompassing, you know, a father encompasses, as well as one of my time was my time being a hoe. So <laughs> it was it was it was it was that moment of like, you know, I bet, you know, Clark Kent during the day, but like, you know, I'm 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 that slinging that wood. <laughs> nah, not even go Superman. I was slinging wood. What I'm saying is, <laughs> give it out that schmeat. Um, <laughs> it, it was a lot to balance though, because he was trying to be a good boyfriend. We we, we had hiccups because we communicate differently. Yeah, uh, we, we communicate more similarly now, but that took both of us learning each other's communication styles. Uh, we also parented very differently. Oh God, yeah. Um, I had experience in college. I was a nanny. I, I maintained the nanny job for 14 years. Mm. I literally just stopped naming a family last year. Beginning of? No, no December. But, yeah, December. December. And I kept them. Like I would have a day job and then I would come and take care of the kids in the evening. And um, I remember we used to have hiccups because used to be like, hey, uh, uh, you don't have kids. And I'd be like, well, I kind of do have kids. It would be certain times where number one, she you're sitting there saying, Okay, she she made the comment saying, Oh, I didn't try to be anything. No, she fell into that nanny role immediately with me. So mm. it, it, it was very yeah. much that oh, let me finish, let me, let me finish. I'm aware, but at the same time, first of all, it took a solid eight months before she I, I brought her around the kid. Yeah. I was just like, I need to be sure the person that you're coming around. There's a level of permanency here because I didn't want to sit there and trounce, you know, women in and out of their lives. They deserve better. They earned better. All I could do was focus on them because I had other women who were like, "Well, when am I gonna meet your kids? For what? For what?" Yeah, I was that 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 is something you don't hear men say too often. You nah. know, uh, my experience when I was you know in the single life was that if I came across a woman with kids, ninety nine percent of the time I would just go the other way <laughs> because, like, I, I don't want. Brandon knows about. I think me and him were still working together when I was uh, seeing that one young lady with the little girl. Yeah, and the hair was falling out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for having you for if you don't know, um, I was a little while years ago. What was this like, Brandon? Like two thousand seventeen, I think. Seventeen, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I was seeing somebody with a kid, and then like you know, the the kid thing. I, I'm always, I was always a believer of like you know, don't knock nothing till you try it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, let me just go ahead and see what's up. I was like, and I kept hearing all these horror stories from people and they said in the third about dating single parents. And I was like, nah, you know, let me just make my own judgments. No, it ended up being the exact thing I was worried about. If not worse, <laughs> like, you know, it is like that. Cause what they don't talk about, when like they talk about the horror story of dating a single parent, they don't talk about um, the sacrifice that comes as the person without a child. Kind of right. Like one's right, life with a child. They, they're like, oh, well, you knew what you were getting. It's like everybody knows what they're getting in a sense in every type of relationship. You don't say that to someone. As a single parent, 
you know, you have to manage finding someone that is good for you, but then you have to then introduce them to your kids and all that work you just did to build with that person privately could all fall apart and you would have been wasted time once they meet your kids if that person doesn't make your kids happy. So that's a tough spot for the parent to be in. And then for the single person, what if I just don't like your kids? Right. Find out that your kids are horrid. Yeah. And that's a real thing. There's there people parent very differently. Right. And you don't really someone can be extremely charming. And then once you see what they've produced and how what they're produced is moving through this world, that can be a, a turnaround, go home, don't stop at the red light. I don't care if the police are on your tail, keep going. Don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And that's dangerous for both parties because God forbid we fall for each other and then you see me with the kids and you're like, I don't like that. Or if I meet the kids and I'm like, here, sweet Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I never forget um, when I was just a quick story, uh, because, you know, Brandon knows this. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. I remember the first encounter I had with the person with the kid, because it it was about four or five months before I met their little girl and they were two years old. And then how I met the little girl is funny because the little girl's name was Morgan. My actual lady is named Morgan. (laughs) So it's funny. Um, So I remember we were supposed to go out one night. And, you know, the girl, the single mom with the kid was like, oh, I don't know, you know, if I can make it because I I didn't I don't have a babysitter. And all we were doing was going to Dave and Buster's. That's all we were doing. I'll never forget this. And so I went out and took a risk and said, well, hey, you know, what I'm saying if you're comfortable with it and only if you're comfortable with it, like, why don't you just bring the little one with us? You know, it's going to be games at Dave and Buster's. And she was like, "Eh." I said, look, man, it ain't no it ain't no thing if you are not rescheduled, blah, 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 blah. She was like, all right, well, I think, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm at a point where I can do that, bring my child around you. I said, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I pull up to the crib. Most adorable little girl walks out the house, little light-skinned girl, pig t- little Afro uh, buns that she had, you know. And she comes out holding her little uh, her little doll, whatever. I said, hey, what's up, little one? She kind of just stares at me, right? And I'm like, all right, it's cool. So we drive into the parking lot. It was at the Dave & Buster's in Springfield, Virginia. And we drive into the parking lot and, you know, the little girl gets out and walks up to me and throws her arms up as if she wants me to pick her up. So obviously I looked at the mom. I said, yo, like, is is this cool? Like, you know, she was like, yeah, yeah. She don't really do that with people a lot. You know what I mean? So she must like, you know, I said, all right, cool. I said, what's up, little one? So I'm holding her, you know, walking through the Dave and Buses because like you, Ebony, I love children. Yeah. Well, I love behaved children. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like all. Just like I love animals. I love behaved animals. I don't like Cujo down the street and and and, 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 and uh, Jojo that lets his pit bull walk off the leash. Like, nah, I don't mess with that. You know. So I got boundaries too. You know. Yeah. So we're walking through the Dave and Buster's, and the little girl's like, you know, she can't really talk. She's only a baby at this point. And she's, I think she was like two or three. So she couldn't really talk, talk. So she's what we're walking through the Dave and Buster's and she gets all excited because she sees all the lights and the games and the stuff going on. Right. So I said, yeah, man, the games are going to play some games, you know. And then so the mom was like, well, let's go eat first. I said, bet. Cool with me. So we sit down <laughs> at the booth. Right. And I guess it registered in the little girl's head that we weren't going to play games. And boy, when I tell you Lucifer's gate opened up, dog, she just, wow, just started like 
screaming at the top of her lungs, throwing shit, grabbing shit off the table, all types of stuff. And I'm just and like, so I'm thinking is how I was as a kid. I said, Oh, she about to get it now. Her mom gonna get in that ass. <laughs> you know what her mom said? That's cool. So how was your day? And I was like, what the? <laughs> you can identify this happening, right? I was like, uh, and people are staring. Y'all ever go to a restaurant and there's a screaming ass child and like nobody wants to say anything, but everybody's thinking the same thing where it's like, yo, whose kid is that? I was with that kid that night. I was with that kid. And no, no. And this was like the foreshadowing to the BS I was going to be dealing with. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask y'all opinion on this because I was just talking to Morgan about, well, th- the grown Morgan, the adult Morgan, the apple of my Morgan last night about this. So I'm going to ask y'all this in a, in a second, but just to finish the story. So she starts going crazy. and just Right. And I'm like, oh, people are staring. People are looking. The waitress don't even want to come over there. And like <laughs> her mom just didn't say a word. That was the foreshadowing to how that was what was going because we went out all the time with the little kid and it was always a pain in the ass. And I remember this not really a story, but just kind of piggyback. I was talking to one of my close friends about this, my boy Wes. And I was telling him about this whole situation. He was like, Man, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. I said, Bruh, it's that bad. Like the little girl is a nutcase. The mom don't do a damn thing about it. Whatever, whatever. And of course, throughout the, I can't say relationship because we never actually were together. Because like I, I was trying to find the escape route on that whole thing. And I brought up her daughter's behavior one time, and she just blew up, right? And I remember I was telling my boy about this, and he was like, "Man, it can't be that bad." And I remember we went to Fright Fest at Six Flags. That's already a mistake right there. <laughs> Going to Six Flags, right? That's whatever. Why would you do that? Why would you make it first? Was no, nah, because her. I think it was the girl who I was saying. I think it was her father. He worked for the Wizards, and like he had like these free tickets to get into the park or something like that. So I said, "All right, cool." So it was me, the girl I was seeing, her daughter, and my boy Wes. Right. So we walk into the park, and there's people everywhere. Of course, it's Six Flags on a Saturday. Right. During Fright Fest. And so the mom walks off, right, to go to the bathroom. I'm holding the little girl. And she had this thing where she loved to push the stroller. Right. And I was like, nah, you're not about to do that. And hundreds of people around, y'all know how fast a kid can just disappear like that. You know what I mean? So the little girl tries to walk off with a stroller. I literally say out my mouth, I say, oh, hell no. <laughs> right. And I grabbed the stroller and I, you know, I, I grabbed the little girl. I said, no, we're going to wait for your mom to come back. She starts going, bah! my same boy who I told that it was bad and he was like, it wasn't that bad. He looks at me, he goes, God damn. <laughs> 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 Yo, so I say that to say this because I didn't plan for this to get on the whole kid thing, but I forgot Brandon was a single father before you two met. So to pick y'all brains off something because I, I like I said, I was talking to my lady about this last night. I saw something on social media recently that said, if you don't have children, you really don't have a place to give an opinion on how someone parents. Bullshit. Bullshit. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. I, I, I disagree. With, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I disagree with the post. It's not that you can't give an opinion. It's that you need to re- remember that you're not the parent. That part. You can have an opinion all day. 
because you know what you know. You know, like, uh, like in 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 our community, or even in just an ethnic community, a lot of us are raised around other kids. A lot of a lot of us are left with the responsibility of raising younger siblings or mm-hmm. pseudo parents in moments. Like you're you're babysitting, like. Like our daughter's 13 and she's always complaining that whenever her little cousins are around, she gets saddled with watching them. That's not parenting, but that is parental experience. So no, you can't walk up to someone and say, this is your, you're messing up your kid. That's how you get hands put on you. Yes. But what you can do is you're Mm -hmm. forming your own parenting style through your experiences. So yes, you should have an opinion. If you don't have an opinion, then your kid's probably going to be a little bit overwhelming for you. But you just can't necessarily voice your opinion and you need to know when your opinion matters and when it doesn't. Um, as he said, because I had been a nanny when left with kids and I, I respect the parental roles, I just fall into nanny role. Like in, in my best friend loves it when she drops her girls off with me. Cause I'm the entertaining auntie because I just instantly shift into play groups and kids and nannies and, and things like that. And I, I, I never said it was a good thing. I shut up. Okay. Um, <laughs> and and I, of course I have opinions on how people raise their kids and it's natural and it's normal. When he and I are out, he has opinions about how my friends raise their kids. Cause they're some, stupid. Sometimes it's positive and sometimes <laughs> it's not. But what we don't do is walk up to the other person and say, you're doing this wrong or try to impose. What we do is set boundaries in our space. So with your situation with that little girl, I would have been like, Hey, I'm not giving you advice on how to parent your kid. However, this makes me uncomfortable. We need to figure out a way to alleviate that. Can you address the tantrums? Because some people just don't address tantrums at all. That is a way of dealing with them is to ignore them. I think uh, in a psychology thing for kids that I read, children who are ignored tend to scream more. If you're ignoring them regularly, then the tantrum is because they're trying to get any type of attention. So fix that. But some people aren't going to receive that. If you're not already reading parenting magazines, then you're probably not going to care that that article came out with all the science behind it. Now, one thing I will say is science doesn't always apply to every situation. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it's just it's the accumulation of knowledge. That's how you become a smarter person. That's that's very true. But also at that same time, what works for maybe 10,000 others may not work for one. It won't. So. The, I'm not sitting there saying that's the rule. I'm saying exceptions do exist. Yeah, I'm not and saying they don't. I'm, I'm just saying that if the person wasn't already into it, they probably won't care that you provided them with that let's, information. Let's, let's be honest. First of all, fuck these kids, okay? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so crazy because when Ebony talks, it's just grace and, and, and just poise. And then Brandon comes in. It's like, man, fuck all that. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I experienced everything that you experienced. Um, we hung out once as a family, and it was just like, hang out with daddy's girlfriend, let's go bowling. And we had a nice time. It was beautiful. It was it was easy. It was, it was bowling. It's bowling. It's nothing complicated about bowling. Kids got to order all the crappy <clears throat> food. Bowling. One of the, in the bowling alley was empty too, so they really got to run around. They got to have a good time. No, I'm not really with that shit though. I know, but yeah, I'm not even. I, I, but close they to did. They that got shit. a chance to. <laughs> the attendants came over. They're like, "Oh my god, your family is so cute." Mind you, this, these aren't my kids, but that's not my place. It's not the time for me to give a complete stranger the breakdown of hey, he's this divorced. guy. And this is not a guy. Yeah, of course. Black girls and everybody was giving ghetto, so it's nothing that needed to be understood. <laughs> nothing that needed to be understood. Baby girl in all of her four-year-old power at that time. Man, she was four at that time? She was four. 
turned around. I met Gabe when he was what? Brandon two, three? Yeah. Two. Yeah. I, I I met the kids at four and one. Eight months, technically. Yeah, no, four and one. Four and four one. Yeah, it was after Gabe's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um baby girl turned around with no no impedance. Like I mean, there was there was no door to push through because sis was already there. Looked at the bowling lady and said, That ain't my mother. She ain't got a ring or nothing. <laughs> You hear the way what? I speak? <laughs> that is exactly what she said. That ain't my mother. She ain't got a ring or nothing. Only Brandon's kids. <laughs> I never wanted to dissolve more in embarrassment in my life. In my defense, she didn't do nothing. So. I, there was again not my child to correct, and also that's not a correction. In, in the worst part was her grammar. To be honest, what she said wasn't untrue. Um, it, it, it was a symbol of a, it was a foreshadowing of an issue that we were going to have to encounter over the next couple of years, which was, um, baby girl had a bad habit of interrupting adult conversations, but mm-hmm. instead of it, instead of us treating it like it was her problem, we treated it like it was our problem because it meant that adults were not putting her in a place where she could remain a child. They were allowing her into a space that wasn't for her. Or just separating the two. Yeah. That separation is a major thing. The thing is, it's something that we worked on. Yeah. So it, also, it, even it, at that same time, there are things that you don't realize, like, all right, yeah. that, like, little things that you would let slide, like, no different. You When you were, ra- uh, when you were uh, raising Mason. His were, dog. His yeah. dog, not a child. Yeah, well, no. the four-legged <laughs> child. Yes, your, your dog. When you were raising Mason, there were little things that probably Mason would do as a puppy that you looked at and was like, All right, I got to nip this shit in the bud now because if I don't, it becomes a problem later on down the line. And it's going to become a bigger problem when there's a little bit more bite force or there's a little bit more age behind yeah. what he's doing. And it was some stuff that, that I, I would say like... Um... Pussy willows. <laughs> so real quick, it's, it's interesting you say that. Right, you're an idiot, by the way. But <laughs> I was like, "That's cool, bad pussy willow." Go on. <laughs> so it's interesting you say that. First and foremost, uh, the when I asked you guys your opinion on that question, of course, I disagree with that post said too. And I'm just gonna leave it at this. You know where it said, "If you don't got no kids, you can't have an opinion." I just simply believe that there's certain things in life, no matter what it is that you don't have to experience for you to know how you're going to handle it if it when it comes your way. I don't have you know? $10 million at this current time. But I know how I'm going to spend it. But I know how I'm going to spend it when I get it. Exactly. <laughs> I When people are like, oh, you don't understand. You don't have kids. I'm pretty sure my kids aren't going to curse out adults. I mean, it's just, you know. And I've also never been shot before either, and I'm sure that hurts too. So, like... Certain things I don't have to experience, you know, so I'm going to just leave it at that. But the point that you brought up about Mason, right, because, you know, this in a sense, it does kind of relate to what we're talking about, where, yeah, believe it or not, it was actually on the contrary. That's why Mason is nuts the way he is now, (laughs) because I did see those things and I didn't know how to handle them because that was my first puppy. I got another dog too, Harlem, who is super well behaved. Because I learned from Mason. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And my man eating ground beef. 
<laughs> well, actually, like right now, he's actually staying with my lady, and I don't even think he's my dog anymore because, oh. like, when I come over there, he doesn't even come up to me. He he just, but with her, yo, real quick about Harlem and my lady, right? So when I think Brandon, have you met Harlem? I don't know if you met Harlem. I met Harlem, no, but I've seen the videos. So when I first got Harlem, right, who's a pit bull? For those of you guys who don't know, Harlem is a five-year-old pit bull. He was rescued from a dog fighting ring. He was the only mm-hmm. dog that didn't get put down because he wasn't aggressive like that. Thank so, um, it's, since I've had him, I've maybe heard him bark maybe once. I've heard him maybe growl. I think it was a growl, either that or was him just wanting to go outside. Like he What's doesn't. <laughs> he is a super sweet, well-behaved pit bull, like most pit bulls are, you know. Yeah, but when I met Morgan, I remember, like, you know, and like, you know, Brandon said, you know, I had my fun with the ladies in the past. So Morgan uh, Harlem didn't been around a few, <laughs> a few people of the opposite sexual persuasion, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing I noticed with Harlem and Morgan was that. One day she was in my bedroom, right? And I went to go take him outside and I brought him back inside and I'm trying to take his leash off, but he won't sit still. You know what I mean? This is a 95 pound pit bull. Like it's a lot of weight to try to deal with. I said, stop moving. yeah, stop moving. And he kept, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is wrong with you? We just went outside and I took the leash off and he hauls ass to the bedroom. Right. And just jumps into bed with Morgan and just sits. I'd never seen him do that before. I was like, what the, f-? you know? So fast forward to now, I started bringing, she was like, why don't you just bring him over my place? And I was like, eh. you know, Harlem's not really used to people like that, you know? And now I'm thinking about it. This kind of ties into like the relationship thing, you yep. know, in a sense. I brought her, she lives in a very beautiful area in Bethesda, right? So, you know, I didn't want him being an asshole in front of all those, because it's a different area, because I was living in Fort Washington, she lives in Bethesda, two completely different <laughs> areas. Different. So, I brought him over there, right? True story. And, you know, she lives in a beautiful building, and we're just sitting, you know, he was cool. I think this was like his second or third time over there, right? And we're just chilling. And again, since I had him, I never really saw him get aggressive. I never, nothing. He's afraid of everything. Like one time someone, the maintenance man came into my place one night unannounced in Harlem, didn't do anything, you know? So like, he's just, <laughs> about you. yeah, he didn't. He walks up to the dude, starts licking him crazy. So over Morgan's one place, right? One night, Morgan's place one night. And we're sitting there watching TV. And I think somebody in the hallway was talking or a door shut or something. Harlem gets off the couch. All you hear is her. And I was like, Oh, he's chosen. Yeah. <laughs> he's chosen. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I looked at her. She looked at me. And she didn't really, she really wasn't surprised like I was. She was like, Harlem, what's wrong? I'm over here freaked out. I'm like, I never heard him do that before. <laughs> I, and I was like, so I said, okay, that was weird. So I think I went, it was another time. I think like a week later or something, he was over there already. I ran out to get some stuff, came back, you know, and I, when you ever knocked on my door where I was living, you know, like you wouldn't even know I had a dog. You know right. what I mean? That's how quiet he was. So when I knocked on the door, she was in, the, I think she was in the shower. I knocked on the shower. I don't think she heard this. I go, 
and I was, I was like, who dog is? I, I actually looked at the, I looked at the apartment number because I was like, shit, I knocked on the wrong door. Jesus Christ! And I looked at it, and it was the right apartment number. And she and I opened the door, and he just staring at me, and he goes, "Oh, okay, it's just you." Right, yes, what do you mean it's just me? <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess because at first I just started telling y'all that story just to tell it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, damn, that really does make a difference of the people that come in your life. You know what I mean? Where the the kids can tell, damn, even the dogs can tell. It makes a very, you know, a very big, right? It also like it means great when we listen, right? Because it it like some people don't listen when their kids are like, I don't like him, mommy, and then you know those are those <laughs> right SVU stories. Really, that's where you go with that? I finally got it right. Remember last time I said SWV? Yeah, I'm very, very happy you got that. <laughs> Sister, you got it. <laughs> and, like, no. and it's weird because in that same sentence, the kids like her more than me. I think I think Sweet. they like me just mm. as much. as Well, no, they, they like me more. But <laughs> I think it's because it, it's our energy, right? You're always big dad, like big voice, big energy, just rah, 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 all that the time. False. And that I'm always false. like this. The kids have never seen me angry. Yes, they have. No, they have. They've no. seen me disappointed. So, They've so seen me upset. They've never seen me angry. When when me and Ebony described our parents' house, when we had the conversation, I told her, I was like, she, I was like, I'm very much like, kind of like old school black dad, like kind of like, hey, you seen not heard more so or less. You you come when told. You speak when spoken. Yeah, that's she how was growing up. Facts. She's real hippy dippy ish. Can we not describe it that way? Okay. That's very <laughs> All right. Well, define hippy dippy if you don't mind. Like, oh no, let's just go with the flow. Okay, and no. How are your chakras? So, and when was the last time you had your, your spirit realigned? <laughs> you might want to take the day off from school because Mercury is in and in, 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 in Gatorade. <laughs> So he, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. My parenting. Stop laughing, Spencer. <laughs> Yo, I, I, cause like me and Brandon on the cause cause more my lady is like not like that, but like you know, wait, wait, like, no, 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 bull. One time, real quick, real quick. I, she gonna be mad because she listens to this. You know, Hurricane. Uh, what was it? Hurricane Ian or something like that was coming up, right? So a lot of you not. This is a true story because she's kind of into the <laughs> stuff, right? So. <laughs> We're sitting there. We wanted. I wanted to take her out on a weekend to dinner uh, when the when you know we got all that rain. And I said, "Well, Morgan, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do anything because, like, you know, it is the, the hurricane's coming up here. You know, it's gonna be raining." She was like, "Oh, well, I'm not speaking that into my life." I'm like, "What are you talking about? The meteorologist literally said that." <laughs> raining but the whole like I'm, I'm gonna cancel my plans preemptively jargon yes in some cases like if I was in Florida obviously I would have bunkered down but all the way over here in DC we get rain that's it that's the first yeah but she was, <laughs> see, I was like what do you mean it's a category five hurricane it might not affect us but it's gonna affect us to the point where we can't really do a lot because it's gonna be raining. She right. goes, Well, I'm not speaking that into my life. It rained. It was a little bit of water. <laughs> the, it's not even about the rain. It's about the fact that like everything, like Brandon said earlier about science versus reality. You know what I mean? 
like or science versus faith or whatever we were talking about a few minutes ago. And yeah. I'm looking at her and I'm, I said, what? I was like, it's a hurt. It's going to be raining. And she was like, well, I'm not speaking that into my That's life. It's important, right? Brandon and I were raised very differently, right? He was raised with the old school parenting style where kids got whooped. You got, you got your own switch or you got beat with whatever was nearby. I've never been Thanks. touched in my life. I've never had a spanking, never been popped. It's never been a thing. Um, and I, I was raised by hippies, but parents are. <laughs> it comes out. So thank you. I, I wasn't wrong. Uh, but the thing is, like, he's he's met my family and he's seen how things are. A bunch of hippies. Yes, yes, we are a bunch of hippies. We're very fortunate <laughs> hippies, but we're a bunch of hippies. And um, there are attributes to that parenting style that even Brandon has adopted. Now, not all of it, because I also did not incorporate all of it into my parenting style. Um, But there's certain parts that he found that he was aligned with that weren't necessary. Now, he is a no-nonsense dad in the sense that, like, I'm not going to keep asking you to comply with house rules. We all participate in the fundamentals of our house so that we can all continue forward and progress and do well. And my parenting style is I am going to talk to you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to acknowledge you because you are a human being who is developing. And from my own experience, I did not have half the answers that I needed until I became a fully fledged adult in my 30s, let alone a 13 year old or a nine year old. Right. And and it's important. It's important because this is where I say that we're evenly yoked because where I will have all of the patience. He will he will correct my situation when sometimes my patience isn't necessary. Sometimes my patience is being abused and he will step in. And that's amazing. It sucks for him, though, because it makes him feel like he's the hammer or something like he's the enforcer. But you need balance in all things. And there's sometimes where his method of being very direct and very like no nonsense dad doesn't obtain the results that he wants. But my method of being calm and listening and offering space and peace does and that's the balance that is facts and i i take away nothing from that because it also taught me how to listen how to pay attention and just how to recognize the fact that like your kids aren't robots they aren't they aren't your slaves they aren't your your they're not an extension of you in the sense that everything they do is about you yeah they're not they're they're not your replicas they're exactly that's the biggest thing coming to terms with the fact that you are not raising another you you're raising two in our situation two fully functioning adults that need to be you know a decency to society and it helps us as a couple because when we can acknowledge that our children are people and they're individuals and they're growing and they're learning and they're experiencing then we're able to offer that grace to one another as well because there will be times like if we oh my god um he loves this story when we did start dating and he lived on his own, uh, whenever he came to my house, if we, and we weren't at my house often, so that, that was the imbalance. But whenever we were at my house, if there were dishes or anything like that, I just did them. I didn't expect him to ever do the dishes. I always just cleaned up behind him and it wasn't a big deal for me. But when we were at his house and we started spending copious amounts of time at his house, he would clean the kitchen and then I would put a dish in the sink and he'd lose his effing mind. No, no, no. Rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. Oh, <laughs> rightfully so because I should have realized in my mind, I'm like, at my house, I do this. At your house, we do this. But 
when it started to be an extended amount of time at his house, I'm no longer visiting. I am practically an occupant, in which case I should have picked up a little bit more slack. But it took us because I, I think that was our first real argument. That was the fifth time. No, I mean, but that, it was that our first real that argument. Was our first argument. <laughs> that was the fifth time I remember that dish really hit yeah, me in the face. Yeah, just because he let it slide the first four times. And then the fifth time he blew up. I didn't blow up. I, okay, so I clean like a black mom cleans. When my kitchen is clean, when when the rag is folded over the he middle of the sink, like the <laughs> kitchen is closed. The kitchen He's is closed. The candle. Like we we out. The Turned stove is white now. I done swept. Everything is good. We gooch. So <laughs> after the fact, and I'd already cleaned out the sink. Everything was perfectly fine. She came in the drink, and she just sat a plate down. And I remember popping. I was like, hey, "What are you doing?" And she was like, "What you mean?" I was like. You, and, I, and I and I did my best to say it as calmly as I could. What you did? What you did? I tried. <laughs> I it was very clear. I was like, "You do this often." After I, I was like, "I'm constantly cleaning." <laughs> so you do I, this I, often? No, it's not like you do this often. He as if like, not, you're not an adult in our situation to to clean up behind yourself as well. Now, granted, I went over her house one time. I saw dishes in the sink, and I attempted to clean them. That didn't go so well. Yeah, you got kicked out the kitchen. That's facts. <laughs> hey, can I, can I stop y'all real quick? Please. This is why me and Brandon are as close. I think we're related and we just don't know it. it could possibly be. I ain't giving a, I ain't giving the government my DNA. When Morgan would come over my place, right? Like I was, I would never really want her in my kitchen because that's like my safe zone. That's where I do my. That's why I do my best work. Men do cook out here. Me, Brandon, and I are men that don't believe that women. Where's my plate? Like, nah, we we do that, right? So, like, when Morgan w- would come over my place, she would never be going in the kitchen because I kind of made. I didn't like verbally say, "Hey, don't go in there." I just, I guess, you could tell through my actions. You know, right. hey, I ain't gonna go in there, you know. And I don't, you know, my it was never dishes in my sink, whatever. So spending more time at her place, this is so crazy that y'all are talking about this. Like, I'll go over there and it'll be dishes in the sink. And I'll be like, hey, um, uh, my darling, um <laughs> do you uh do you like how about I get you some paper plates, right? <laughs> so I remember one night. Um, she had went out to do something and like this and, and I, I tell you where I'm triggered with this because I grew up like you Brandon like fold the dish towel fold over the stove it, it's done like it's done it's closed my dra- my trauma comes from when I lived in a frat house you know the kitchen was always in just mass panic and I didn't grow up like that so I was constantly cleaning 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 right and so being an adult, I'm like that now. And I remember she had went out one time and, you know, don't make, don't make, don't make any mistake about it. Just how, you know, I know y'all are big on cleaning and so is Morgan and I, but it's something about them damn dishes. It is something about those dishes that makes my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah. It's like no different if I step it's in the kitchen. If he can see it though. If the dishes are in the sink and you can't see it when you walk in the kitchen, like it's just a low, like maybe a plate or so. Right. The but moment you can see a the dish, moment I can lock eyes on it, we got a problem. Yeah, because, exactly. Because, because the thing is, if I were to come into the kitchen and start cooking, I can't cook in a dirty kitchen. That's just not even close. I got to start from scratch. Everything has to be clean, and I got to move from there. I've seen her move around. Just mm, this pan is in the sink. I'm gonna reach around. I'm gonna get the spoon. I'm gonna. 
Yeah. 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 Lord, you have. No, I have not. Yeah, I, and and the thing is, like, in one of the situations, Take it out the dishwasher. It, it gross. And in one of the situations, not too long ago, this is maybe a year or so ago, I popped. And when I tell you, I got hot. I just cleaned the kitchen. This is when we were in the apartment. I had just cleaned the kitchen. Kitchen was clean. Wiped down the stove, the refrigerator, the handle of the fridge. Everything was spotless. You came in that drink, cooked a steak in a cast iron pan, had the audacity to put that goddamn pan in the sink. Like, no. <laughs> and then bake something on a baking dish and threw that drink in there, bro. I snapped. Like, I, that was the I, first I time. I was still in the kitchen. Not I even was still in the kitchen. You put a cast iron skillet in water? Yeah, yeah, moving, yeah she was. No, it was not in water. It was yeah. just moved over. Nah, it was in the sink. Oh. Yes, in the sink. It was there wasn't the water in the sink. It was in the sink. It was in the sink. See? It was in the sink. Clean your pan. Clean I feel him though. I feel him though. I feel him though. It was that big drink. You know them big ass pants that like take up the they encompass the entire sink. Where I remember <laughs> so fast. Like it's not too many things that are really for you. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Because no, I made my own. I was just hot. I bro, I was tight. No, nah, straight up. Straight up. Because I remember. Morgan, they went out and she came back home and she was like, did, did you clean up? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I don't do that dishes in the sink. I don't do now. This is your place. Yeah, so I respect it. But I, I would go out on a limb and think you wouldn't mind if I clean the dishes, you know. But when the time comes <laughs> and it's time for us to dwell in the same space, you know what I mean? And like this, nah. <laughs> like I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking you to be my maid. I, I married this woman not because I needed a cook, a woman to do my my laundry, my dry cleaning, or anything. God forbid I had noticed. I had not married you for that. I married you because <laughs> I wanted a partner. I wanted a partner. I don't need a cook. I. I mean, granted, I'm very thankful if you could do those things. That is amazing. But also at the same time, like she doesn't do my laundry. I don't want her to do my laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird to me, and that's. That's something I'm still very much capable and able to do. I married you because of companionship, not because of, oh, I don't want to do this no more. Nah, if all that, I'll just face my dude. Yeah, like those dudes who like come home, like, like bitching at they woman because when my, I didn't grow up like that. I remember growing up, my mom would ask my father, what do you want for dinner? And my dad, same answer for 40 years. Oh, baby, whatever you make. whatever you want to do like so like you know those women who like deal with dudes like that i'd be like man i I don't know i just don't understand it like because i I could be honest with you at the age of 36 i didn't know that in this day and age those men still exist because in most the reason why i say this is because in most situations now a one income household is very far-fetched so to see your 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 partner maybe not working like to assume that you don't have a job and like all right bet she's just gonna make food like i'm expecting you to come home after eight hour day going in and make me a plate that's a little far-fetched like i didn't just go out and work in eight hours and then i'm gonna come home and be like oh well i don't know what the hell you talking about nah if we working let's figure out a system if yeah. this is this is where i'm not i don't i don't subscribe to that whole oh i'm man you woman situation because at the end of the day we're partners if you see something you're yeah. the role it's just it doesn't click to me personally, and I know somebody there. Oh, he would be with man. I'm great where I'm at. Exactly. I'm blessed to be where I'm at because at the end of the day, a lion never has to say this. A lion, 
So for all these dudes, I say, oh, I'm an alpha male. My woman got to submit to me. Good luck with that, Trent. How's that going? Like, hey, uh, y'all want to hear a quick history lesson real quick? What's good? You, well, for Ebony, I don't know if you knew this, um, you know, but I, I'm i a, I'm a slight fan of history. <laughs> I <noticed>. um, <laughs> so the whole alpha male female thing. That exactly. It's not even that it's been proven wrong. The person, the man who literally created that postulation, yep. L. David Meach, back in the 70s. I, I, matter of fact, I posted about this on Instagram, and there was a few people who weren't too happy about it. I'm like, you can't argue with historical facts. Like, don't shoot the messenger. But when people, especially men, talk about the whole alpha male, and I really laugh when I hear women say alpha female because that's complete. What is that? Like, <laughs> you know. The man who created that concept, L. David Meese, back in the 70s, wrote an entire book on the alpha male concept, right? And he said at that time, oh, I observed alpha or wolves being aggressive and the leaders of the pack and this, that, and the third and blah, 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 blah. After he did further research, he found that these same quote, unquote, alpha male wolves were literally just males in the pack who had who were fathers and they weren't being aggressive over the pack they were being aggressive over their children so if you're going to be an alpha male at all if we're going to relate that to the original concept from alpha wolves you're really an alpha male if again that even exists over your kids <laughs> you know what i mean and so when i and i've and i learned that years ago a long time ago and there's a dope ass show that comes on I was. It doesn't come on anymore. But if it's called Adam ruins everything. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched such that. Episode. Such a great show. Such a great show. And he talked about that same thing. And he was like, literally, the man and the guy who wrote the book is still alive. Yep. And he said that he was wrong. And then, but the unfortunate thing is that the 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 term pretty much created a life of its own. And then people to this day still think that it's a real thing. And it's like the man who literally created the the concept says had his book taken off the shelf <laughs> you can still buy the book but like at the time when he realized he was wrong he had his book taken off the shelf so when it comes down to i'm so glad that topic came up because i've been dying to get that out no no because it's, it's, it's complete malarkey like no bullshit i don't yeah the biggest well, if, if people play dominant games and the thing is, you only do that when you're coming from a weaker position. I'm, I'm going to say this very clearly. The biggest form of dominance for me personally is submission. Is submission. Okay. At the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I know for a fact, if Ebony decides, you know what? I have a point to prove. I want to argue. I want to fight. I want to fuss at him. What justification does it do me to sit there and argue and fuss with her back? When at the end of the day, okay, cool. And right. case in point, she was, this is when she was working at her uh, previous, oh yeah, that was a long day. Oh, I didn't argue about shit. Uh, <laughs> this is when you were at your previous job and you would come home. I mean, I'm, I'm essentially, I'm not going to say Jamaican, but I, I have a lot of jobs. So at the time, I think I was just working, I was working five. My, my day consisted of meetings, heavy <laughs> meetings on top of the work that I do. So I think after I finished, uh, I just kind of, I just kind of passed out. I'm not gonna lie, I crashed. I crashed right here on the couch to be specific, and I didn't do um, my daughter's dinner. I was like, damn, 
you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Ebony comes home. There was a ham hunger. She was like, okay, well, where's your father? He was like, he's downstairs asleep. She calls me upstairs and she starts to go off. Like, she's like, I drive this far. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I'm standing there and all the parts of me that want to sit there and scream back at her. Like, you you see what the f- I do during the day? Like, you see what I make possible? Everything that I wanted to do melted away when I looked at her and I could genuinely see she's not arguing from a place of anger. She's arguing from a place of exhaustion. She's right. She's 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 floored. She's honestly probably not too happy with the position, but she's tired. She's up hella early in the morning. She has to come home and go to bed early at night so she can go to bed so she can get up early in the morning. Like this isn't coming from a place of I don't like you. This is coming from a place of help. So all I could do was sit there and say, I got you, babe. My bad. Right. And I walked right. off and I remember feeling I'm not gonna lie, at that time I felt depleted. I felt like something had been pulled out of me. We came back. And a couple weeks later, I always bring up things after the fact, because at that point in time, it's a clear deck. We both have clear heads. If I say something right now, it's not going to go over well at any point in time. Right. We uh, were out and we're just having a discussion. And I told her, I was like, you remember that time when we were when you got home from work? And you were angry about da 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 And she looks at me. She stops. She's like, I'm so very sorry. I was upset. And I took that out on you. And I was like, that was one of the most hurtful things, because like to see all that I do and like she starts tearing up. I'm tearing up because I'm like, that was one of those moments where it's just like, damn, I couldn't fight her back because what was it going to do? Like, what was it going to do? So I had, I had to take the punches. and It was like, all right, just, just talk to her about it later. She brings it up later and we're able to have that conversation. And since then it's a, it's a constant recognition of like, I see what you do. I see what you do. I'm thankful for what you do. I'm blessed because of what you do, because it's allowed me to do what you do. And I'm sitting here. All I can say is it's my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. At the end of the day, she fostered something in me that allowed me to be in a space that I'm in. So it's my duty to make sure I offer her the same. It's right. my duty to make sure she has I think the like super important, but the most important part is you thought I was feeling you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are idiots. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, that, was, that, was, that was a tough moment, but it was also like a testament to how far we've come in communication because. Like I was exhausted. I, like I, it was an hour. I, I used to I used to be a, a, a gubby. So I used to drive from here all the way to um, the Pentagon. Yeah, I was I wasn't gonna say it, but I, I used to drive I used to drive from Gaithersburg all the way to the Pentagon, which is in the morning going seventy miles an hour, thirty thirty five minutes. Right. Um, it, as soon as uh, daylight comes up, it turns into an hour, and then in rush hour coming home, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, and um. I don't do well when I'm tired. So I went, I made sure I got eight hours of sleep, which meant that when I got home, I had maybe an hour to adjust myself, get ready for the next day. Right. And we had worked out a deal because I didn't go in every day. We'd worked out a deal that uh, whoever was working from home, if, if he was working from home and I was in the office, then he would prepare dinner so that that wouldn't be something to take up that hour that I had between coming in the door and going to bed. And I was exhausted. I, th- I think that like maybe we had switched to we gone from Charlie to Bravo, which meant that I was in office more, and that drive was killing me. Coming from what two years of working from home to yep. have yeah. commute, and the previous commute would have been from Columbia Heights in DC. Now it's Gaithersburg, so it was a big commute. Yeah. And in the past, we would have we we would have thought about that. There would have been hurt feelings all around. And when we talked about it, he was just like, "I 
it makes me feel like you think that I don't do anything because I'm working or that I have all this free time. And I was like, no, that wasn't at all. I was just exhausted. And I just only could, I could only see in that moment something else for me to do. And us being able to talk about it was a big deal because again, different childhoods, different parenting styles, different communication styles, being able to have a level-headed conversation about something that could have been huge, could have been detrimental because people argue and fall apart over smaller things, but being feeling unappreciated or feeling unrecognized is huge. And that can, that can be horrid. That can be endings to a lot of things. The moment your partner starts to feel like I'm unappreciated where I am the worst the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. And then the second following thing is they go seek validation outside of their home. Yeah. That is for another episode. <laughs> that is, that is definitely, that is definitely true. Um, That is definitely real, man. No, everything y'all said, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And there's only, I can only agree to a certain extent because you guys are a step ahead of me. Um, But as far as like the marriage thing goes, but the part that I can relate on is that thing where it's like, you got to understand that like not everything is an argument, you know? And I feel like the three of us understand and don't, we, we the three of us, we don't like conflict. We don't like yelling. We don't like screaming. We don't like, I've been around you guys, you know, in person. You know? I raised my voice to get my point across. Yeah. So he doesn't like conflict in the sense that he's not interested in your side of a conflict. Define your side. <laughs> he he pushed his side through now. <laughs> well, I guess in more simply put, the way I look at it is that, you know, I was on the phone with Morgan the other day and we kind of had a tense conversation and she was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to call you back. And I'm the type of person that, and I think because I work in a cemetery, this kind of hits home a little bit is I'm the type of person that like you never really know the last time you're going to talk to somebody. Yeah, but, You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't like getting off the phone off bad terms. And I say, hey, look, one thing about me is you may be mad at me. You may be yes, you. But, but one thing I do not do is part ways with the person that I love off bad. Like and there's hostility there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to do that all the time, but. You know, and nothing ever even happened to me to make me learn that lesson. It's just that, like, life is short. Life is but a moment. Just observing things, you know. Some best teacher is watching someone else's story. You don't have to experience it. Just Exactly, exactly. And, you know, so my point in saying the whole conflict thing is, like, nobody wants to go to bed angry, you know. And nobody wants to go to wake up mad or whatever. So it's, like, it's nice to be able to you know, have that person where you can talk things out with, even though the conversation may be tense. You know, y'all know what it's like to have tense conversations. I know what it's like to have tense conversations, but it's such a breath of fresh air where you can have those tense conversations and y'all see each other's point without like throwing pots and pans at each other. Cause you know, Brandon knows about a little bit about like my story as far as like previous relationship. But man, when I tell you, screaming match after screaming match and it's like the person i'm with now like this the the scary thing about her is when she gets upset her tone still doesn't change so that's even more frightening that is even more frightening like because i've one thing i've realized and it's the psychology of arguments if a person is yelling at you if you lower your tone they now are forced to lower theirs because now they have to listen to what you're saying exactly and it's a weird thing. It's a weird flex. We've done this and been in times where, like, I've been the hell, yada, 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 yada. And she was, Brandon, 
Brandon. Brandon. I'm like, why she keep saying my name but like that? It, like, so now it pisses you off though. Like if, if I use the okay, all right, um, your tone is changing, or if I point it out, he is like because <sighs> half time my tone isn't changing. Half time my tone isn't changing. Half tone half time my tone isn't changing. You're just stupid. What I'm saying? What I'm, that is how you know his tone is changing. But what I'm saying is no, that's this is frustrating. But even in those in, in in those same regards, you 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 start to realize those little moments where you're just like, is this really worth it? Yeah. Like the energy you're about to put into the fact of like, all right, that you left something on the table or yada yada yada. Like, is it really worth that energy? And it's also we spent a lot of time like uncovering things. Um, because Brandon had a lot of triggers. Like I, I had triggers too, but Brandon had a lot of triggers that were easier to trip. Go on. Like in the, <laughs> like the beginning on. of a relationship, we had a lot of triggers that were easier to trip. And um, we used to just talk about it. And as he told me about his childhood and the things that he's experienced, um, me, my brain's a little analytical. So I would just be like, okay, well, I wonder if that's related to this. Or I, like, I would point out things that, you know, if I had a brain map, maybe those things connected to one another. And over time, he would work, he would work on it just like, the fridge yes oh god that's such a good one such a good one thank you for that um so (laughs) i grew up where food was never an issue like if if i was ever hungry it was because i chose not to eat what my mother provided not because there was no food available brandon's life was if he was hungry it's because the food didn't exist Mm -hmm. so as an adult he loved to fill the refrigerator didn't matter if the food went bad. Didn't matter if it all got eaten. The point was when he opened the fridge, the fridge needed to be at maximum capacity and maybe a little bit past it. What we learned was he was giving me, he was triggering anxiety for me because I have ADD. And for the most it, for the most part, it, it's not super encumbersome, but an issue for me is if I can't see something, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I have object permanence issues. So when we go to the grocery store together and I knew that we would buy it, but the moment it went into the fridge and the fridge was stuffed and I couldn't see it and it became a jigsaw puzzle in order to find something, I couldn't see it. It would go bad. He'd be mad. He's like, you don't ever eat the things you buy. And I was just like, well, I didn't remember that it was there. Like conceptually, like, yes, I know it's there, but when I open the fridge, I don't see it. And it's to the point now where if I say, babe, do you know where this is? And he'll say it's on the second shelf behind the olives next to the, like he <laughs> in his brain because he knows that I literally can't find it. Um, and now we went out and bought a whole new fridge that's like up in my face, French door, and we're keeping it from being at capacity because what he needs is a full refrigerator. What I need is a refrigerator that has space so that I can see all of the items. And we, it took years for us to get here because yeah. we had to, overcome his childhood trigger and then he had to work with my neurodivergent brain and we've been what nine years now it's it's taken eight years for us to get to a compromise it's now at nine years three fridges in the house yeah (laughs) (laughs) three fridges in the house there's one in the basement next to a deep freezer and a big one upstairs yeah and he fridges on every floor yeah that's accurate as fuck but it it took us learning what his trigger was was coming because first he was just like oh I, I'm, I'm a big dude i like a fridge and i was like that's not an answer like that's not a reason for over capacity. <laughs> that's a brandon answer but 
your point. It was it was triggered by hunger, childhood hunger, and how he augments that. And it's it took years, but also we did it with a lot of stuff. We would go through things, and I and I would pay attention to certain behaviors, and I'd be like, "Do you know that you do this?" And he'd be like, "Oh." yeah, I do that. And then we'd figure out what it came from. It didn't always go away, but we would at least acknowledge it. And then he would acknowledge certain things that I did. And I would be like, is that a problem? And he'd be like, if you're in a relationship, it's a problem. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I guess I should work on it. Because the independence in her would let her drown to the point or let her sink to the point of almost drowning without asking for help. I'm not great at a lot of things, but one thing I can offer is a lot of times. Yeah. And I grew up hyper independent. I grew up without people to lean on. So as an adult, that's hyper independence. I I don't think to ask for help because growing up, I never had any. Um, Hell, I even fall silently. Like I'm a very clumsy person. It's weird and funny all (laughs) at the same damn time. And again, (laughs) parents, they believe that life is your teacher. So I would fall. I think, I think I like, like, I chipped an ankle or something. I chipped a bone in my ankle at one point and my mom ignored it until I took myself to the doctor and got crutches. And so now I fall silently and I fall all the time. I am a klutz. And he- Two days ago she fell. <laughs> he fell two days ago. And I fell silently. He was like, all I heard was you, was the big thump. I thought something fell. And I was like, no, it was me falling down an entire flight of stairs. <laughs> and he didn't said, say a word. I, I didn't scream. I didn't call out. I had a huge knot on my knee, and he was like, "Do you need help?" And I was just like, "No," because I'm so used to. I didn't know she had fallen down the stairs, and my cousin said, "Yeah, we fell down the stairs." I'm like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I'm used to hearing if somebody falls, it's usually like, ah. Yeah, it's just a. Yeah, like, something just fell. Like I just ignored it throughout my day, but now those silent thumps was like, ah. Man, I tell you, man. um that refrigerator story, that is, that's deep. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> that sounds like an episode off of, like, Everybody Loves Raymond or something, like, where the focal point is the refrigerator. But, yeah. like, so many different, they had an episode, I'm not going to go into it, but it was an episode about the can of tuna. I don't know if you ever watched the show, but it was an episode about a can of tuna, right? But the episode was revolved around the tuna opener, the can, the can opener. Sorry, yep. the episode was revolved around the can opener. That was it. There was just the can opener, and then Ray and Deborah had their own because of things that they dealt with in their past life, their childhood, or whatever. All came back to how they used this one can opener, and it's like it's y'all talking about the refrigerator. I'm like, man, like this stuff gets deep. You know, so like, yo, that's a really dope story, y'all. Y'all it's, shared. It's recognizing your partner, and in this generation, in this day and time, everything feels like if it's not exactly the way I wanted to, cut it off, cut and dry. It's like away. fast fashion. It's like exactly, I want it how I want it, and I want it right yeah, now. It's the microwave of life. There are things that you cannot fast forward in. There are things that you cannot just pop in the microwave for 30 seconds and have it be exactly what you want, but you're requesting it's like people who step into relationships expecting a 20 year thought process with only within 15 days of knowing this person. Exactly. There's time that has to be put in. There's effort that has to be put in. You have to be willing to to look at your partner as a person. And, and, And sometimes just look at them objectively. 
like step out of the emotions that come with the relationship because emotions emotions will catch you every time. Yeah. Mess around and find out. Somebody <laughs> yeah. break solely by emotion and you will see that fall apart and stop. All right. <laughs> but like stepping back and looking objectively, like instead of getting hot about it, just being like, okay, that is a weird quirk that my person has, or I wonder what that is from. And all of us, I don't care how good or bad your childhood from, you have some type of childhood trauma that is affecting how you move through the world today. And it's going to get under somebody else's skin and you don't even realize you do it. But when you look at it and we analyze it and we look at why we do the things we do, we can then decide, I want to make an informed decision. Am I going to continue this way or am I going to change it? Or am I willing to even compromise on it? Because some of the walls that we create as children are necessary as adults. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thought process that we all want to hold on to. But it's also one of those things where once you recognize that you are now in debt, you are now and yeah. you have no choice but to make. Well, you have a effort. choice. You have a oh, choice. Well, okay, you have a choice, but the best choice from that point on is to now recognize yeah. and make better. If I know for a fact that I constantly leave the toilet seat up and she's constantly falling in. I'm not. He's really good about putting it down. I trained myself a while ago. Um, <laughs> if you know that and that's a pet peeve of your partner, like, all right, now I, I recognize it's a problem. I can't keep doing it because now if I keep doing it, it's showing a complete lack of give a fuckery it's about my part. It's complete disregard. You right. have to get that best foot forward in that focus. And it's also recognizing, like, if you're not willing to work on something that's bothering the person that you're with, do you like that person? Nah, I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, a lot of people are in relationships with people they don't like. Like, there's something that maybe they get out of it that they want, but maybe they don't like the person. And it's like, if you don't like the person, have that conversation with yourself and admit that you don't like them. Because you're just wasting everybody's time and you're breaking hearts and hurting feelings. I mean, yeah. with- the pandemic showed a lot of that, though. When people had to sit amongst their partners. Yeah, sit in the same house. A lot of divorces. Yo, a lot of divorces. The, the, the divorce rate went up almost to 60-something percent. No, no, we're alive. It was like 55 to 60 <laughs> The microwave society, real quick before we get up out of here, is um, everybody, you get, yeah, everybody wants it now. Everybody, and I, and I was guilty of that at one point. You know what I'm saying? I was looking for perfection. Someone related the job hunt to dating. And I didn't realize how the job hunt is so closely related to the dating world because it's the exact same thing. Employers want perfection, right? Yeah. They can't find anybody. We, in a romantic sense, want perfection. We're still single. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't exist, you know? And that, like, I just find you got to find the perfect person for yourself, for your imperfect self, you know? And um, the other point that you brought up about the pandemic is I remember my grandmother, I was having some words with her a little while ago and uh, has something to do with what you just said about like the divorce rates and all this other stuff is that like, remember when COVID first started, people were like, oh my God, I want to go out. I can't be in the house and whatever. Like I was just looking at it from a plain view where I'm like, man, you can't stay in the house for a couple of days, man. You got to go out there. And then like my grandmother said that, she was in her opinion that it's not so much as people wanted to go out and people wanted to drink and people want to do stuff. It's now you're forced to sit with inside, inside four walls with a person, you know, you do, and not even talking about another 
like a romantic partner. So we're talking about ourselves. Yeah. The reason why we wanted to go out and we want to be with our friends and we want to get outside. Some of it is not because of just because we're bored. It's because now COVID made us sit down and realize it. We're sitting with a person talking about ourselves that internally we don't like. And now we have to spend time with that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, Brandon, if you remember, and Ebony, if you didn't know, my first episode of this podcast is called Sit Down. Yep. <laughs> because that was a period of time, those that six-month stretch where, you know, God had to move some things around in my life where I was forced to sit down. I had to come to a lot of realizations about who I had become and what I was, you Thanks. know. And it wasn't tough sitting, literally sitting at home because I was catching up on sleep, watching TV, whatever. That was fine, whatever. What was hard is looking yourself in the mirror every day and you're looking at a person and you know you don't like. Now, mix that with a person that you're literally living with. You got to deal with your own shit. Now you got to deal with somebody else that you don't like. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's tough. And it's like that toxic relationship I was in. Like God knew what he was doing because that joint ended two weeks before the NBA and NFL and all that stuff shut down. If I was stuck inside (laughs) with that particular person, yo, would have been hell. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. But some people don't themselves. They don't like the people they're with, but they don't admit it. So taking that time um, to find your, to to find you. Cause right. Like people think like, I always tell people I have the gift of discernment. I have wonderful wonderful discernment when it comes to reading people and knowing like if that's a good person a bad person he makes fun of it but i'm always right and it drives him crazy and he'll, yeah. he'll ask he'll be like what do you think about this person um but it's important because some people don't have discernment for themselves right. do you like yourself do you, do you are you okay with your own thoughts that's why the was the suicide rate went up because people were i mean granted there were extenuating circumstances but also just being alone being forced to deal with the things that maybe you were using outside distractions to keep you from my, it was sad. One of my biggest things that I tell anybody, if you want to test how much you actually do or do not like yourself, go to the bathroom and don't take your cell phone. Dead serious. Go to the <laughs> I never thought about that. There's no distraction. There's no distraction. You're technically stuck in a space where you have no choice you also but to be alone. To your phone. Well, that, that too, but at the same time, what is the addiction coming from? It's an escape. It's usually escape from whatever you're you're not dealing with within yourself. I remember I went to the bathroom one time, and bro, my mind was racing in ways I could not understand. I thought I was about to have a stroke sitting on that toilet. Like it was it was uncomfortable, but it was dead serious. And that's how I died on the toilet. It'd be like that sometimes, but in that moment, it was that it was that brief, like damn, yeah, man. Maybe maybe there's something, maybe there's an issue here. I need to figure out. Maybe there's something I need to look into. Yeah. No, nah, man, that's that's real, dog. You know, um, everything y'all say was real for real. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, I'm thankful for y'all being in my lives because, like, again, y'all are two people that I look up to in their marriage and their the holy matrimony that y'all share and the um, comedy. <laughs> the comedy. There's nothing better than a person that you can be yourself around, you know, Um I was telling my lady that we got to go out. The four of us, we got to go out. This may be sound a little shady, but hopefully the next double date would be better than the last one. <laughs> not so the drink. Not, not so good. Not so <laughs> But hey, look, look, I'm thankful for that one situation not working out because guess what? 
I would have never met the person I'm with now. Absolutely. See, there we go. That is so all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> you know, being with the person I'm with now made me makes me question what I was doing with anybody else. So there you go. You know. <laughs> I know what I was doing with everybody else. Before. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> It was the nah, man, I definitely uh, thank y'all for coming on here, man. This was uh, my first time doing this with two people, and y'all the first like married couple. I'm looking forward to the other joints, but uh, definitely thank y'all for coming on here, man. Um, looking forward to hanging out with y'all because y'all too. Uh, but let's just not go axe throwing because I hated that. Like I suck at it. <laughs> I hate Axo and it sucked. I was terrible. Let's just go to the shooting range or something. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm planning some range time this weekend, man. I bet. Yeah, we'll we'll work something out. Well, y'all, again, once again, I thank y'all for coming on here. Definitely uh look forward, like I said, to seeing y'all again um and having a very fun time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank y'all once again for joining in on the Morley and Intellectually Ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast. Ebony, genuine. Brandon, genuine and disingenuous. That is what it's supposed to be. It's called balance. Listen, we all have our days where Schmeet will be serving. 